Ho, ho, ho. Welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. I'm your host, Ben, joined on the 21st of December, Christmas just around the corner, joined by Christopher Keane. How are you? Where are we? The big Santa Claus reference. Uh, uh, going well, mate. A nice uh, Wednesday evening, and it's prelim week, so it's a lot to be excited about. Hod, how are you going, mate? Very good, fellas. Very good. We uh, It's good to have you back, mate. Are you healthy? You're healthy for your playoff start? Not many of my players are, but I can breathe. Which is a which is a step up from last pod. So apologies to the listeners when I just cut out, ran out of oxygen halfway through the sentence <laughs> last week. But uh, I'm back. Very nice, and it is. It's exciting times, boys. Two playoff starts between us. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, and just so some of the listeners out there don't try and build a narrative that Kenny and I only record pods when we're playing. Uh, we tried our hardest to get a pod going last week, but this time of year makes it tough, doesn't it, Hod? The beauty of it is I don't give a shit about you two, and you two cancelled last week's. Oh. You don't give a shit about the others. Get- it's only record when we are in. Get fucked, mate. Well, that's not true, but speaking of, there was there was no losses between us three last week, so is it time for a little cool in the gang? Oh, any, <laughs> any excuse will do, wouldn't it? Jeez, how do we miss that? Undefeated, the three of us last week. <laughs> Happy days. All on by. Woo! Uh, but yeah, no, Hod being the socialite, obviously the hardest person to get a hold of in December. Um, lucky to, to nab you today. Uh, just out there shouting people lunches. Such a, a giving person this time of year. I am. It's uh, Christmas time, Benny. Santa's eyebrows, get around him. You're in good form given you've had 15 pots. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say 15 pots given I drove from the establishment. Well, but, uh, it hasn't stopped in the past. Smoother 15, 15 shandies, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump straight into the news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And the four remaining teams will be closely watching the news this week because uh, a lot on the line in regards to the health of their players. And one keeny that uh, surely is disappointing news is old JT with the ankle has been officially put on IR. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, not uh, not ideal, but these things happen. Um, as I was saying to you guys offline, it's the I suppose the silver lining is the benefit of having a bye week is that it, I was able to survive um, and get through to the next week. I think a lot of JT owners would probably be out this week. So um, so that's probably the way I'm looking at it. I'm lucky still to be here. And um, in the in the last four, who knows what can happen? Yeah, spot on. Um, pretty low score, but, but you're right. There's probably nothing more frustrating than starting a gun, them getting injured early and you don't even get any decent score out of them. So... You got some options at least on your team. You one of the few teams with a decent amount of depth, even though that's been well and truly tested this year. So you got a couple of options ready to roll out there. Yeah, I I do. Um, don't have a, a, a ton of them, which is which as we we're talking about before, and we'll get into a bit later. It can be a blessing and a bit of a curse if you're uh, if you've got a lot of decisions to make, which maybe my opponent does this week. We'll uh, we'll just tease that out there, but. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got an idea of who I might start in his place. 
Well, we'll uh, we'll touch on that when we get to the preview of that. Another player who's got the questionable tag. They uh, they missed last week, and that's Lamar Jackson. He's missed the last two weeks, actually. Huntley's been in there. Hasn't uh, been unbelievable. So they're in a situation, I think, where they're still in the playoff hunt, the Ravens. So there there is a need for the team to get him back in there because, um, yeah, they, they're in a precarious situation. What are your thoughts? Do you think he'll play this week? He's questionable still. Um, I, I lean to probably not. I don't think I don't think he will. Um, apparently, I read today he hasn't practiced for seven weeks straight. Like in terms of like, even when he's healthy, he just doesn't practice. So that's nothing unusual. Um, but I don't think, despite the needing to to get a win or two to to make the playoffs, I think they're the five seed at the moment. Um, they probably need a couple more wins to get in there. But mm. um, yeah, I don't I don't think he will. But I don't think it would matter either, Ben, because I reckon. The great number one pick that uh, you took a couple of years ago is flying in the golden locks of Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I reckon he, it, it might have been an interesting decision or might be an interesting decision if he is available. Well, it's yeah, this time last year, feeling the same decision, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable with that being a possibility than I was this time last year. Hod? Let's just jump back to Lamar. Uh, that's a really interesting point you brought up because I was going to throw out the stat. I think I saw Baltimore's averaging two touchdowns total a game over the last two months. And then for you to bring up that Lamar hasn't been practicing, it really shows. And I think they really need him back just to get a couple of weeks under their belt before playoffs to get some sort of offensive momentum because they are, they're at a point now where Mark Andrews is a questionable play in fantasy because they just do not have any passing offense whatsoever. It's kind of crazy no, considering how amazing they started the season. They looked like one of the absolute top teams, just unstoppable on offense. And, yeah, I guess it probably coincides with Lamar's health is, is how that team's gone. It's interesting, though. They've gone they've gone from a more pass-heavy offense at the start of the year with Andrews and Bateman and a few others. And now that those guys are sort of a bit injured, hasn't been, haven't been playing much, um, they've probably leaning a little bit more towards the run. They've got some yeah, – Dobbins back, Gus Edwards is back, Drake was a healthy scratch. So they've got a few more running backs in the stable and they're probably leaning towards that way, I reckon, as well. What uh, has been lost, I think, throughout this season is Lamar has not got that contract yet and that mm-hmm. is going to be a huge decision for Baltimore given that he hasn't really set the world on fire this year. But no. at the same time, you're saying, Ben, that – However far they go depends on him. So he's definitely valuable, but has not set the world on fire this year in a contract year. There's there's no way. There's no way they can let him become a free agent. No way. He's too good. They have to pay him, don't they? It's, what's, I, I think, what's their other I think option? It's, I think it's a matter of how much, though. That's, the, that's what he's asking and they're not settling on. So yeah. what's the next injury, Benny? Next one is the... Uh... The old Chubbs just not getting the uh, the bounce it used to have. Flass. It's a bit flass, absolutely. He's uh, also questionable with a with a sore boner. I think it was. That's the official official tag. Yeah. Well, if if I may, Ben. Now you may. It's definitely not my first Chubb injury, but <laughs> this may be indeed your first ever Chubb injury because. I think we all can uh, work it out pretty quickly. You're a lot more vanilla in the bedroom than I am. So talk to us about this this Chubb 
you, you're to, you're talking a, a sore Biona. Well, what, what is it? Uh what in the bedroom? Are we? Are we still, are we still I'm, there? I'm giving you free <laughs> ride here. Go for chub. it. Oh, it sounds like he's got a bit of a banjo-related injury. Uh, <laughs> if anything, well, he is playing at 5 a.m., which is obviously the before the 9 a.m. threshold on Christmas Day. <laughs> so maybe there's a, there's a, there's where the injury's coming in, boys. Possibly. You know what I mean? It's definitely not Thais, that's for sure. Um, well, yeah, no, so Chubb with a, an ankle, I actually think, is the official injuries, uh, questionable, but, uh, and obviously, Keeney, you'll be watching that one pretty closely too, being the Kareem Hunt owner, uh, being a nice little boost in his stocks there. The last one is probably the biggest out of all of them, to be honest, and that is a player who's been unbelievable this year, and that's Jalen Hurts. Just with the shoulder injury and his uh, questionable, it came out just after the games wrapped up this week, and... This has got huge implications for Jim, obviously. Um, I think this one out of all of them probably is more likely not to play from everything I'm reading. Well, this is, uh, if you're a betting man, this was one of the more extraordinary things that happened on, I think it was yesterday morning, actually. Yeah, yesterday morning. The, the Cowboys opened one and a half point favourites and within 10 minutes of a window yesterday morning, they went from one and a half to six and a half Dallas. So someone, someone inside the Philly building mm. knows what's going on and money speaks and it was an avalanche of money for Dallas yesterday morning. Now, it's come back a little bit towards Philly, maybe because, you know, at the end of the day, Gardner Minshew is not a terrible backup. Um, so maybe they're thinking it still might be close, but there's some clear mail there yesterday that he's not playing. Not good. This is um, just to really, I guess, drill home the point of how good Hertz has been this season. He's the number one overall player, number one QB, obviously. Since their bye in week seven, he's come back after the bye and gone QB2, QB6, QB4, QB6, QB2, QB1, QB2, QB1. That is just unworldly what he's been putting up. And it does suck for Jim because uh, we'll get to it, but had a mammoth win and then it was almost a little bit soured by this news that came out. And... Let's be honest, Jim, he's got he's carried Jim into the playoffs. Yeah, Hurts. There's no doubt sure. about that for mine. Um, and he scored a 35-burger in the week one of the playoffs, which is and he's won a game by nine points. So a huge result, um, a massive, massive disappointment if he does miss and um, a tough player to replace clearly this week. Is this, is this the shoe coming in, Foles version two, Carson Wentz, 2017? Is there any chance that the shoe just takes Philly one step further? Uh, yeah, I mean, one step further. He won. Foles won the Super Bowl. How could you go one step further? No, I mean, just one step further than where Hertz has taken. Oh, okay. Which is obviously mm. to the I mean, the team, land. Like, it, it's very similar sort of parallels, isn't it? The team is built for a playoff push. Um, and it's very hard, I guess, at this point of the year to game plan against a totally different type of quarterback. Uh, it's definitely a downtick. Probably, I, I'd have to say this is more of a downtick than when Wentz played, but maybe that's recency bias because Wentz was MVP calibre when he went down and maybe we're thinking about how he's been the last few seasons. Well, it's just eerily similar what, what's happened. It, it's the MVP favourite mm. um, going down in the same week of the season. Um, the only one, good thing one seed. Number one seed. only good thing is that... Um, this is not season-ending from what we know. 
Yeah. Um, so Hertz yeah. will be back, but absolutely this week, the next week, they don't they don't have anything to play for. So there is no reason to roll him out there and risk the playoffs. Um, so the shoe is back. The shoe is back. They need they do need one more win to um to lock away the one seed, I think. So one more um of the next three weeks. But um there will be one interested dynasty onlooker, I think, and that might be the uh, Prestige Worldwide will be very interested in how the shoe goes because he is an unrestricted free agent next year, the shoe. Could it be a little audition for a team next year to take the stash on? You just watch Jim Ursay's licking his lips after a performance on the weekend. Uh, That'd be right up our alley, I reckon. Resign Jeff and just bring the shoe in and we're back to the promised land. That's how his alcoholic fucking ass works. And Thais is the, the number one supporter of the shoe. He loves a bit of stash action. So he'll be hoping he looks pretty good. Um, airs it out a little bit to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, if you don't mind, and and maybe earns himself a little job somewhere else for Thais. It'd be lovely. Time will tell, but uh, we've got a little bit more to go in between all of those hypotheticals, and that's the playoffs. What's that? And the week one playoff saw the Jim City Stallions defeating the San Diego Demons in a showdown of the greatest division in the history of whatever fucking the tagline is. 138.78 to 129.88. They were tied for wins on the season. Camo pipped him for the division simply by points four, and this one went right down to the wire. Uh, you couldn't have scripted this any better, could you, boys? No, you couldn't. And, I mean, Jim's – I'm looking at Jim's year year to date at the moment. He's won the first five games of the season. Then he's lost the next four. Then he's won four of the next five, and the one loss was against Camo by 80. Then he faces his arch nemesis in the first week, pips him by nine. Could it be year of the stallion? He's, he's finding a way just to – to plug and play some players, a few depth players, a few bench players. Jawan Johnson went off for a, a 20 burger on, uh, in his tight end spot. An inspired trade in the end uh, from Jimmer and, and pinches this one at the death. Another close loss uh, for the Demons, but too good, the Jim City Stallions. Just before we uh, answer any forward questions, just remember we've got a preview to get through there. So let's just stick stick to the script here. Don't want to get too far ahead of this number six seed, but um, it was. It was. I, I dare. I just have to say it. It's this division keeps bringing something to this league. This was. It actually. No. Nah, to be fair, both games were unreal. Um, it was looking like two close ones for the whole. Yeah, the whole week, and this one definitely delivered. But you got to be wary of this six seed. It's. It's just. I don't know. We'll get to it a little bit later, Ben. Definitely, it's the uh, the seed that keeps on giving. Uh, mm. Probably also that must mean that there's a bit of a curse of the third seed. Maybe we can go back and look at that. But there has to be something in that finishing in those sort of three and four seeds hasn't fared well in the first three seasons that's, that we've had. That's a, that's a good point, actually. The, so the three seeds never won, never won in the playoffs through three well, years. That's actually incredible. I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was the third seed year one. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know who was it last year. Um, um, who won our division? Camo. Yeah. Nah, Camo uh, made it through. Matt uh, was the sixth seed last year. 
Yeah, I'm saying the third seed though. Who was the third seed? Oh, it's Camo, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold on. No, no, because I played Camo in the semi, so that can't work. Anyway, we'll get get to it in a sec. We'll get our uh, stats guy onto that. (laughs) Oh, that's you, Kenny. Um, Keep talking. Keep going. But you're right. The the two games did. They were going in with the late games with both up in the air, which is what you want uh, as a bystander just looking at the... The game's in an impartial manner. It's obviously very stressful for the four teams involved. And for Camo, he just had to sit back. And and I know Jim would have been absolutely kicking himself because he left Zay Jones on the bench who scored just a monster 31 or something. He had three touchdowns, just absolutely killed it. Uh, that would have been done and dusted if he did, but he sat there uh, having to sweat it out with uh, a couple more players. I think it was um, Gibson against... Samuel Slayton and Aaron Jones. So there were the three to one going on there. And I think Camo had the slight point advantage as well at that point. Gibson didn't put in a good uh, performance, which, and Slayton and Samuel, not nothing too special, basically lined it up for a Jones 9.7 just to win it. And he uh, got the job done with an 18. And say what you want about the sleeper projections, but I was following this game closely and, I think a minute before halftime, it was locked on 50-50. Like it was, this game went down to the wire and Jones ended up scoring early in the third quarter, so I was over at that point. But it was uh, it was a real tight one. Hot. I would have thought um, our very own leisure suit, Larry, would have welcomed a three-on-one action. He usually delivers pretty well <laughs> in those circumstances and uh, just came up a little short, a little bit of a chub injury perhaps. Possibly the uh, the other stressful thing for Jim is like I was I was just glancing at the the box scores of this game, but uh, Dylan was absolutely dominating early. I think he had a couple of touchdowns and he was seemed to be getting more of the the action uh, at the goal line than Jones did. So Jim must have been sitting there absolutely shitting himself, going, "Surely I just need a fucking nine from this guy, and he's going to get game scripted out by Dylan, who hasn't been a factor pretty much all year." Yeah, I think I think Jones was on six at halftime and got up to about seven point five when Dylan ran that second touchdown through. And uh, yeah, I was thinking the same. I was like, "Oh, he'd be a bit nervous at the moment," but it didn't matter in the end. Talk about a couple of bad games. What about Jacobs? Worst game since week nine. He's been he's been another um, absolute fine this year in a contract year. Yep. But the one for me is the, the Herbert, and this one will cut Camo real deep. It's his favourite player in the world. Yep. And uh, worst score since week six, third lowest score of his career. Yeah. And I had a vested interest in this game. I may have taken him in our punters league because of how bad the Tennessee pasty is. And he just would not put points on the board, could not convert down to the red zone, which they've actually had trouble with um, all year in conversion rate. Uh, if it's not Eckler, it's not really anyone. Yeah, well, it would, have, sh- would have hurt uh, Herbert's third lowest goal, an 8.7. It's just, it is. We, we look back at it, it's absolutely stiff. He had an eight in week six, and I think he had a four in his first season, and that's been it. Other than that, yeah. he's been absolutely unbelievable since he started. Yep, and and in these sort of coin flip um, fantasy games, it can often be, you know, Hurt scoring 35, Herbert scoring Right, that's that's your ball game. Um, but I'll tell you what, boys, next year when Sean Payton's leading the Chargers to uh, an 11-win season, it won't be an issue with the herb, let me tell you. Ooh, we've been great. Great find back. Great find. Yeah, a little, little real one. Sprinkling that one in. The last point I'm going to leave here is that uh, should Camo feel hard done by that 
Keeney sold him a lemon in Joe Mixon. What do you reckon, Hod? Yeah, on the back of a 53 in week nine, he, he trades him to Camo and he has the buy and then he goes a 7.7, gets put in concussion protocol, misses two weeks, and 11.6 and a 7.9. Don't think that's what Camo was buying into. What what were the magic words you just sort of got into his ear and whispered, Keeney? Some sweet nothings. I whispered some Dick Mercer sweet nothings. But I'll tell you what I do whisper to him on a regular basis, which he can feel a lot better that with, uh, and that is that I say to him quite often, fuck me dead, why did I trade you, AJ Brown? So it can go it can go both ways. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you got the slippery digits and you do a lot of trades. So at the moment, like, it, it, yeah, it probably didn't work for him at the moment, but he'll be fine next year. No, no issues there. I'm a little lost. I'm pretty sure you asked me a question, Ben, and I did not get one word out. So if I may, uh, I don't think he is a lemon at all. I think it's um, obviously a case of selling uber high and a bit of injury luck has not gone Camo's way. But I would have any of those running backs in that Cincy offense to finish the year. Um, And I think Mixon will get, well, I think he'll get back on track and I think he'll be just fine for next year. No, that's a good point. A very good counter there, Keeney, with uh, AJ Brown, who had uh, 16 targets, nine catches, and 181 receiving yards. <laughs> Fucking Brilliant. ridiculous game. But uh, while we're on the topic of trades, this one uh, ties in with two of the four remaining teams, uh, or two of the four teams that played, sorry, last week, and that is the week eight trade that went down with uh, Jake and Jim. Saw Jake receiving Armon Ra, St. Brown, and Jim getting Fournette, Elijah Moore, and a 24-third. I just did a quick look here, and, I mean, you can make stats look however you want, and obviously Jim since on-traded Elijah Moore to help get Jawan Johnson, so you can spin it whatever way you want. But uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown, 121.1 points since Jake got him in. Fournette, 60 points um, since Jim got him in. And then Moore... Scored 2.7, had two zeros and a buy, and then Jim traded him out and he actually had okay games after that. But like I said, he got Johnson, who put up a 22, which seemed to be one of the difference makers for him this week. So just a very nice trading once again from Jake, who seemingly likes to just cash out at the right time on players and get on board. Nice up-and-coming players. He is very good at that. And um, the fact that he had Rashad White in the waiting in the wings made this even more palatable to get rid of Fournette. Um, but not only that, it's the the Detroit offense is, and I think will be in the near in the in the in the recent uh, in the next few weeks. Sorry, I'll get that sentence out eventually. <laughs> they are they are hold up, boys. They are a nice offense to attach yourself to. Uh, now, whether they upgrade Jared Gurf or not next year will be remain to be seen. But I think they're a nice offense going forward, a nice piece to have. Yeah, it's kind and of... And the Bucks are no good. No, they really are not. Did you say girth? I did or... say girth. Go girth. Um, Benny, can you just timestamp that one? I just may want to listen to that very quickly later tonight. That's at just, the... Just uh, where Keeney... I think the 22-minute 20, mark 20, there. 22. 22. And so, when Keeney just ran us through the alphabet, that was I just, I just had a quick brain aneurysm. <laughs> I'm glad you're still with us, mate. Delicious. But... Uh, the other game that we saw was the four and five seed in, you know, I'd, I'd argue the best division in all of Dynasty. 
and that is the OJ's legal team defeating the Johnny Unitas haircuts 142.5 to 130.2. Another high-scoring affair here and arguably a very stiff loss for the haircuts who have done nothing but score all year long, put up decent scores. They've been a bit unlucky in the head-to-heads and that continued in the playoffs, didn't it? It did. And look, for my own interest, I would have loved um, Jake to go down. I uh, would have had a bit of a nicer pick there. But look, this bloke has ran, he, ran his mouth all year. He's an awfully cocky character. I love having him in the league, but geez, I'm excited to see the back of that sensible haircut. What did you think, boys? Yeah, it's uh, a little ironic that he was sort of running his mouth a little bit about how deep the squad is. Don't have to start a second QB at the super flex position. And uh, whether that's true or not, it is always a tough proposition to actually start a skill position player at the super flex when you do have a QB there that's active and playing. Um as he touched on in the group, it, it's it's cost him the win here. At the end of the day, not playing Davis Mills has cost him by less than 0.1. Is that right? 0.02, I think. My goodness. Was that a serious sort of fantasy god praying setup from but Jake? It, it he- sure as shit feels like it, doesn't it, with that Boy. sort of stuff? Because, I mean, Christian Watson has been unbelievable. Um, before the buy, he had a 30.7, 19.1, 19, 22.9, goes on the buy, and then he gets a 6.6. And you would assume with the buy coming up against the Rams that maybe they might, you know, game script a few more plays for him, things like that. So there was enough reasoning behind it. And it's not like, um, what's his name? Mills had been lighting the world on fire in the lead up to it. I think his scores were, well, he missed two games, had two zeros because he was out driscolled and then had a 5.2 and then an 18.9 this week. So it's just, it's ridiculous how it works and it does absolutely scream of some fantasy God sort of voodoo like praying that Jake likes to do this time of year. Yeah. And look, very easy in hindsight to say, why don't you start the, uh, the QB? But as you mentioned, he hasn't exactly been seeing the world on fire and it would have been a bit of a scary start anyway. But this game was uh, a really fascinating start because if you re- remember back hot, I'm not sure if you caught the Colts versus Vikings game, but the Colts were up 33-0 and Jake has Kirk Cousins and Manny's got Justin Jefferson. So from that point on, they both just went absolutely bonkers. Um, and to be honest, it probably worked out in Jake's favour because whilst Justin Jefferson went nuts and um, he did what he does, um, you almost expect him to put up 15 to 20 these days. That's how good he is. But for Kirk Cousins to put up a 32, yeah. KJ Osborne had a massive game. He went to some other receivers. Thielen scored a touchdown as well. Um, that's a huge edge for Jake and one he probably wasn't expecting. No. Absolutely. And especially when, you know, Gino, Gino had a tough matchup against the 49. Oh, no. He did. No, you're right. You're You've, turned, you've, you've had a keeny sort of brain aneurysm here. He's just stopped out. talking mid-sentence. Not, uh, not oh. to look too far ahead. Hey, Hod, you've, you've you jumped back in. Just You you uh, will be joining the listeners here in that you dropped out for that last probably 10, 15 seconds. You did a bit of keeny, just lost your thoughts. Do you want to go back a bit? I can. Um, just I think it was just on the Kirk Cousins um, bonanza. It was... Uh, even more emphasized because of uh, Gino, him. Sorry, 
because Manny only went with the one QB with Gino and scored, put up a respectable 15, but was never going to set the world on fire against the 49ers. So no. in that position alone, I think the Kirk Cousins score um, really separated him. But while we're on that position and not to look too far ahead, that could have been the last chance that the sensible haircuts could ever have played Davis Mills. Mm. And it would have just kept it going a bit longer for him, but that might have been it. I don't know if we'll uh, see that young man again. Well, it's probably an interesting time to talk about, um, I mean, there's only four games to talk about this week. So it might be an interesting thing to talk about here. What What is ahead for the Demons and the haircuts as they bow out at this point in the competition? What does their sort of future uh, prospects look like as two franchises that you would assume would would not sit on their hands, uh, even though Manny could change his game strategy about four times between now and the draft. Where do you think you see these two teams uh, this time next year? I'll give my quick take on Camo. We have no fucking idea, and that's going to take 16 different courses by the time we start again. But on Manny's squad, um, it's super strong. I think all the skill positions, uh, I know Andrews is uh, underwhelming at the moment, but I would... Expect him to still be in the top tight ends moving forward in Dynasty. It's just that one position for mine. And it'll be interesting in this draft. He, he owns pick seven, was it? Seven yep. or eight? Yep. Seven. Um, there's obviously going to be two quarterbacks that goes pretty high. And then there's two or three more that are in that range of could be very good, could be pretty poor. So whether he pulls the trigger at seven, I, I'd i like to think that he'll take another skill position and he has that many that he can flick one of them off uh, next year for a quarterback on another roster. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between the two squads is, as you mentioned, um, I think Manny is a bit deeper and he's also got a bit more draft capital than what Camo's got at the moment. Camo's only sort of, Camo's gone a little bit more chips in with this year and and quite frankly, he's got a lot of younger pieces as well. So he's he's got some insulated value, I reckon. Uh, but both... Both interesting position with their QB. Not super deep in that position, but good enough. Manny's a real watch in that position. Well, as, gonna... as we talked about, Mariota. Yeah. Mariota's held him this year, and I'm not convinced Mariota's got a job next year. So Gino will probably have a job. He most definitely will. But then outside of him, where's it coming from? Um, as you said, Hot, he's got options. He's got flexibility with the amount of skill position players he's got, and maybe that's where it's going to have to come from. Yeah, and that's what I was about to read through here. He's got Foles, Mariota, PJ Walker, Cooper Rush, and Davis Mills. Now, there's absolutely in Scoot's terms here, there's a world in which none of them play a snap next year. Um, But I agree. I think that uh, Gino has done enough, but I don't think that any of those really. Mariota, maybe the exception, has a chance to maybe just string along another season, but all those organizations have got high draft picks and... Uh, have a chance to replace Mills and Mariota there. Um, he's also got Malik Willis and Bailey Zapp waiting on the taxi squad. Willis might be the one dark horse out of that because you can see absolutely the Titans moving on from Tannehill. And the interesting thing is the uh, Geno's out of contract, free agent at the end of the year, I believe. Yeah. Seahawks through Denver have picked three at the moment. So... I wouldn't. It's no guarantee that they don't take QB there. It's a good um, point. So he could be, look. Gino could be on the move He'll to get another moved. team. He's got but, value uh, somewhere else. Yeah, but Seattle could certainly pull the trigger at QB. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, they definitely can. And for Manny, I think the, the best place for Gino would be is to stay because he's been unreal and it's just continuity that he would need uh, as he's been everywhere in his career and has finally found a home where he's been really productive. So that's a really good point. I didn't think of that at all. Um, but regardless, I think Gino will find a starting position somewhere. It's just how effective he will be. Going to throw a question without notice here, boys, and this is probably one that will go into a bit more depth in the off season. But just as we're doing this quick little recap on how the demons and the haircuts are going to be looking going forward, where do you think uh, everyone was a little bit unsure about what Manny did in the draft, in the rookie draft? He had all those first round picks. He went a lot of wide receivers and went back end quarterbacks. Got out DFF'd by DFF, who traded up and then wanted to trade out for Kenny Pickett. So he's gone with Sky Moore, he's gone with Drake London, he's gone with Christian Watson, Chris Alave, on top of all of the wide receivers that he had already. Do you think that they have all outgrown Kenny Pickett's value in their first season? Well, I was going to say, outside of maybe Sky Moore, he hasn't missed on any of them. Yeah. Like, and think back, he's taken Ken Walker, pick three, who's... Looks oh, and good. Kenneth Walker, absolutely. I forgot about him too. Um, so you think about like Ken Walker, Drake, London, Alave, Garrett Wilson. Stop me if he's missed one here. Watson, like he's just nailed them all. So that always helps. So um, compare it to Pickett's value as of right now. Are they? Yeah. What's the value comparison in your eyes? Yeah, they're they're safer bets for mine than what Pickett is right now. The 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 QB. Um, and the team he's on, um, maybe maybe there's a little bit of insurance there, but you wouldn't it wouldn't shock either if Pittsburgh went away from him in a couple of years. I don't know. Uh, Manny's yeah, I'd probably lean towards Manny's side. Hold any thoughts, Hod? I'm just having a quick look while you keep going. I'm not having a go. Not having a go. Pick it. I just yeah, it's. It's, it'd be interesting to see what he's going to become. He's improved the last probably month or so. He's been injured last week. He had concussion, but he'll be back this week. He's had an okay – I reckon he's had an okay debut season, to be honest. Yep. Um, but I just don't know where that team's at. And is he – like, they use pick 20. It's not like they use pick five on him. Yeah. So, so they, can they just move off on him if they find a better better option? I don't know. There's always that chance, I think, which is, a, which is always the risk when you take someone who – goes back end first or like a Malik Willis that didn't go in the first. You forgot uh, one aspect that's maybe as on the negative side for Pickett, and that's the... The guy with small hands. He yeah, does. He and he's, a, he's, he's a white QB, which is the prerequisite for the DFF. <laughs> as I look through a dynasty ranking mm. system, mm. Um, yeah, Skymore is well behind, but if you put in any of the other receivers, they are all marginally above Kenny Pickett. So that is a very, very good question without notice, Benny. There you go. And thanks um, for backing it up with numbers. As you guys have alluded to. As, you, as you've alluded to, though, Kenny Pickett, he's still worth quite a lot on this ranking system and he's done fuck all. So yeah. all he needs to do is... Progress, uh, progress next year, and I still think the DFF's in pretty good hands. Um, but yeah, absolutely, it's very interesting. Like to pick that many wide receivers and hit on almost all of them is um, a pretty amazing feat for sure. 
Absolutely. But but he didn't hit on the super flex over. spot, that's for sure. Let's let's uh let's move to the week two previews. I agree, and that sees the uh the Park City Lions taking on the Jim City Stallions and Keeney's Grouse taking on the OJ's legal team. I'll pass over to you, Hod, because uh you've uh, got some questions teed up. I do. Well, like we like I alluded to earlier, two playoff starts between the three of us, but because I've probably got the least to do this weekend, why don't I just mediate some questions to you boys? And um, we'll start with you, Benny, the number one seed. Uh, currently projected 152 versus uh, a concerning 110. Is that with Hertz in or out? No, he's, he's put Rogers in. Put Rogers in, right. Yep, so, so it's, Hertz is it's out. Legit. Yep. Um. Let's just fire away the elephant in the room. Ben, how nervous are you about this six seed that exists in this EDL league? I don't want to buy into superstition and hype like uh, one of the remaining four people absolutely loves to do. I mean, yeah, it, I, you hate to wish injuries upon teams, but there's a little bit of uh, I gave... Well, it's funny, actually. I got Hurts from Jake, who's still in it, and then gave Hertz to Jim in a trade that got me Derek Henry. So it would have uh, it would have been pretty stressful to come up against Hertz, who has just been lighting it up. So can't say I was too annoyed to see that he's a potential injury. It just means that there's a little bit of breathing room, but you can't guarantee anything because I'm only a few weeks off putting up a 68. So anything can happen, mate. That is outlandish behavior to go down that. Horrible barrel of injuries. So what you're saying is Derek Henry is one or two plays into this game from just tweaking a little ankle just to get the karma train back don't for the Hurts trade. That's, that's what I'm seeing. I will <laughs> uh, lose my shit if that happens. Next, next question. No, I, I might have a little dabble on him for our punters league, so we don't want that. Um, is there a path for Jim? If Hertz, in fact, misses, which we think he will. So where I'm going with this, which players concern you the most on the Stallions roster? Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones has been, he's been a pretty decent player for him this year. Devonta Smith has been a nice little pickup. If Devonta Smith gets on the end of some touchdowns, he definitely loves to have plenty of targets. He's put Zay Jones in, so he's point chasing there. Um on the back of his 31. Very gym-like. And the other one is like Goff ripped out a 40 at one point this year. So he's got like high upside players. Yeah, they're probably not as consistent in doing it, but it if the stars align and some of these players just absolutely fucking rip one off, then uh, I will be very fucking nervous. You'll need some vintage... Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones action, I reckon. Well, the stack, stack, the stack, and they're the Monday game. There's only a few Monday games, so that will be nervous watching on Boxing Day at but 5 a.m. You'd start Zay Jones given you've thrown Trevor Lawrence in there, wouldn't you, just to block him off a little bit? Is that is is that something that Jim would look at, do you think? Potentially. Um, well, maybe let's just look to his bench, and he's got Paris Campbell, Curtis Samuel, Kadarius Tony, Randall Cobb. So they're sort of all similar types of players. You just kind of hope that you hit on the big weeks. But I hope that that was a one-off for Zay Jones and that's not the continuation of things to come. But I, I think at this point, if it still continues with um, Jackson's injury status, then I probably will just roll Trevor out there and 
take maybe the safer points as opposed to maybe the higher upside of Lamar? Here's the over and under for Jim. Between Rogers, Fournette, Jones and Smith that have drawn quite a juicy matchup, I'm going to say he needs 100 points from them just to have a chance. And then if we can talk about, I know we brought up the week seven or eight trade, I think it was with uh, the the golden bloody, what is he? The sun god. What's he called? The sun god. Who's who's a forgotten man? And I don't know how we can forget this position, but Jawan Johnson (laughs) is the tight end that Jim got in in this trade. And since that week, he is the tight end four on the year, tight end nine total. He has put up, I'll just rattle them off for you, 20 and a three, 12, 15, 13, uh, a zero, but he only played half, so he might have got injured. And then a 22.7 in the latest. He's got to concern you, Ben. Uh, a little bit, nah, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't concern him at all. He's a. It's a shows how fucking fickle that position is because he went from being like tight end thirty to tight end nine in a matter of two weeks. That, that was evident. Surely, uh, surely, <laughs> surely, Jawan Johnson has got a whiff of Braxton Berrios, gents. Oh, that, if even, that's not a Braxton Berrios type of player, I don't know what is. Even just saying you, that name is PTSD for me, mate. You have just made Ben squirm because if you mention that name, that means Jim is in the title game. So, Jesus. I'll go back to your point before. You named four players for Jim that, that you need them to score 100. Rogers, Fournette, and Jones are his three remaining players. My team will be done by then, and he'll have those three up his sleeve. What sort of lead do you think I'll have to potentially have to, to comfortably hold those three off? Well, going by my math, I'd say 75. So Devonta Smith with with Minshew can de- he airs it out and he's the deep threat he can definitely do a twenty five. It's Rogers and Jones they have to stack for an unbelievable yeah. game. I think you rattled it off earlier. Thirty is Jones's biggest score of the year. Rogers is nineteen, so we'll call that fifty. They're going to need to produce a lot more than that for him to have a chance. And then Fournette, if if Rashad White can stay off the field in a um, positive game script for the Bucks, They look like they're coming back and they're playing Arizona, so they should be up. And if Lenny gets a fair chunk of that and he puts up a 20, that's just – that's where I'm thinking that he needs to put up for those four players to have a chance. But 75, I think, with those three remaining, I think you'll be maybe comfortable or close. Well, let's just hope that uh, Kittle and Mahomes have a nice little – Pairing this week because, yeah, I was saying this off air, but having multiple players all on the same team means that all you need is a game script to just not work in your favour and it can get uh, a little bit stressful to watch those games. I'll tell you what, the, sure. at the end of the day, fantasy is an absolute shitstorm and anything can happen. So Correct. For, for anyone thinking Jim's got no chance and Ben's a certainty, I agree Ben should be winning, but I've seen stranger things happen in my life, so put it that way. It's a he's a king of the segways, and with with that little neutral tone, we'll we'll move from the number one seed to the number two. Now, Keeney, I think respects the word you have for Jake. You've been pretty high on his rebuild or impressed throughout this year. Are you confident? This well, week? It's, hard, it's hard not to be impressed. He's made the playoffs all three years. The only team to do that. Um, 
he had a he had a strategy at the start to to compete every year, and so far he's done that. So I do have a lot of respect for what he's done in his team. Am I confident? Um, I quietly, without without being hugely confident, I, I think my team's good enough, um, despite a few injuries, to to put up a one forty, and hopefully that's enough. That's almost my mindset at the moment. Speaking of confident, if Russ. He's come off the back of a, well, a zero, but um, he missed the game. But a 25, that's his best game of the year before that. Confidence is the key word here. Do you roll him straight back in? What a guy. Yeah, he was down 27-0 the last time he played. Um, yeah, no, he's playing. He's in. No doubt about it. I um, think... I've got to start him um, against the Rams defense, who I think is probably giving it away anyway. So I think um, he's more of a, a lock in your quarterback position. Is there any... Doubt over Mac Jones and Baker. Is there any doubt in those two? Baker won't be won't, won't be starting. There's zero chance of that. They're playing Denver, <laughs> so I can tell you right now, he's not even in in the conversation. You don't think that'll be a shootout? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> won't be rolling old baggy balls out there. Uh, Mac Jones, Max Jones is a conversation. Um, if if Chubb misses and Kareem hunts. Uh, the lone running back there. That's a that's a conversation. Yep, that's, that's not locked in. Flex worthy. I mean, he's on the back of two sevens and a twelve. That's his last three weeks. It's not outstanding. And Their offense in, is shit. It's really bad. It's so bad. Well, Thanks, while we're Rob. on the while we're on the McSnorkel, um, <laughs> I, I I'm smelling a bounce back here. He's had the offensive lineman come out and like some Instagram action about getting Brady or Jimmy G back. Um, so that's going to light a fire under his ass. Then he had the coach come out and said he can't throw 50 yards. That's why we did the stupidest play of all time. <laughs> so I kind of feel it's not the best matchup since he's pretty stingy, but I kind of feel like he will have the fire lit under him this week. And I think the play over Baker is a very sensible one, but I think you can play absolutely anyone over Baker and it's sensible. Um but that would be interesting, playing Russ against Baker in a head-to-head duel. There is zero chance of that. You're ruling it out? Absolutely. Absolutely ruling it there out. There you go, Jake. Don't worry. Um, yeah, look, unless the Patriots have changed their offensive coordinator, I'm not super excited about <laughs> Matt oh, Jones. At the you moment. mean the defensive coordinator that's their offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. That fuckwit. <laughs> Thanks for trading him to me, though. I appreciate it. He's been good. That's all right, year. mate. No worries. Um, no, he'll be right. I've got, well, I've got faith in Mac. He'll be fine. While we're on um, faith and quarterbacks, <laughs> let's let's roll over to the opposition because I know you're keen Ooh. about this man. Let's talk about not, – not keen in any other way other than sexual, but Derek Carr, what, what yes. do you feel this week? He's, he's sitting there in the uh, super flex position. Mm-hmm. For Jake, he's he's locked Kirk Cousins in off the back of a 30-plus. He's got the G-men, but he's just got Derek Carr rolling down there against a nice green matchup in Pittsburgh. Mm. Is, he a lock, is he a lock to play? Well, I'll tell you the first thing I look at, and that's Taylor Heineke's playing against San Fran. There's zero chance he's playing, so we can rule him out, can't we, gents? I reckon we can yeah. just say. What about lock? Is lock a lock? Lock's still shit. He's shit <laughs> his whole career. Um, Derek Carr, Actually, though, hard. Before you roll on, I got one more. Locke or Baker? Who would you roll out? Baker. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> they're about they're they're on par. Let's be honest. Keep going. 
That's not very nice. Um, Derek Carr, yeah. Look, it's got the green the green tick of approval, but surely, surely Jake is on bended knee here, looking up to the gods, asking for questions, asking for answers about what to do with Derek Carr. Because I'm telling you right now, boys, it's going to be minus 11 down at Pittsburgh and old Derek's digits doesn't fare well <laughs> in the freezing conditions. So have a think about it, Jake. You might want to start just a skill position player in there. I'm telling you, you've I... heard it here first on the pod. I want to jump in here, Hod. The only time that this guy talks up what an opposition should do is just the most reverse psychology move I've ever seen. He clearly doesn't want Jake to do it. He's just he's trying to fuck joys. with your head. These are the joys of hosting a podcast. You, <laughs> you just put whatever you want. to get in people's heads, and also to talk about Derek's digits. I thought that was fantastic. But also, this is the curse of having too many good players, mate. Whatever he does, it's probably going to be the wrong thing. Well, let's look at it because Derek Carr hasn't... In fact, I was chatting with Jake last week going into the matchup against the haircuts and he wasn't confident about rolling Carr out for that week too. So, Mm. he put up a a pretty decent score in the end. I think it was a 19. Um, The week before, he only put up a 2.5. The week before that, a 16. So, he's a... He's a little bit of a roller coaster. Week eight, a 1.9 is his lowest score of the season. So, it's a... It's a massive uh, range of outcomes, I suppose, starting yes. car in that super flex. So mm. his options that you pointed out, he's got Devin Singletary, he's got Najee Harris, he's mm. got Zonovan Knight. I mean, there are some Rashad White. He's got startable players. Juju, Gabe Davis, there's some high upside potential scoring mm. there. But do mm. you take the risk like Manny did uh, where, as he pointed out, if he had just started the... The second QB, he would be in this week playing instead of Jake. It's, you can't there's be so many questions. Out. You can't be rolling out Zonovan Knight in a prelim final. Give me a spell. But you're right, Derek Carr, he's got a lot of Ronan Keating about him. Life is a uh, roller coaster. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, boys, it's going to keep him up all night. Does the fact that I've got Devontae Adams change this equation at all well, for him in his head? If he benched, if he benched Carr and Adams caught... Two oh. two touchdowns, he'd be fucking filthy. <laughs> All right, here's one for you, Keeney. You're you're running your mouth way too much. I'm gonna jump. <laughs> I'm gonna jump on Jake's bandwagon here. If Derek Carr's so shit in the freezing cold, then how is Devontae Adams gonna score? He doesn't need to score, mate. Just have ten targets for eight catches and eighty yards, and Derek Carr puts up a Tui burger. That's all I'm after. All right. Well. While we're on the game of playing with your flexes, your super flexes, <laughs> if if our man here, our uh, number one seeds man, the Chub, mm. if he misses, Kareem Hunt draws a very juicy matchup against the Saints, which Tyler All the Gear just put up 130 yards against. Would he stroll in to your super flex over a questionable Russ? Um, well, sort of as I touched on before, Russ is in. It's whether he would play over Mac Jones or not. Um, I suppose that's that's you'd have to make that call at 5 a.m. You would, it'd be a Merry Christmas to me. And Russ doesn't Um, play till 8 30. Is there a chance that Russ is a late out and then you've just got to sit there and fucking hope because at that point you got no QB? Yeah, that would that would be fucking actually. No, you got Baker 
at uh, 8.30 as well. Mate, honest question. This is completely off topic. But if I was up by one and Baker was left over, would I start him? Probably not. I'd, gi- I'd give him the sit. <laughs> You would have you would have a bailout though if if that scenario played out and Russ was a late withdrawal at eight thirty you could stroll in Hollywood Brown for the Monday night game into the flex. No, because no, you'd be Ben's, starting Kareem in the flex. So that's yeah, the spot Ben's gone. It's just a QB. Wilson, Wilson goes into your QB one spot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's forced to start the uh, shitty Baker. The chef. Um, yeah, no, I think I think to answer your question in a long-winded way, does he play ahead of any of my other skill position players? I mean, maybe Keenan Allen. Maybe. Nah. Shit, they just... If he's the number one running back, mm. I would think about it. Mm. I think anyway. I think he's drawn a nice matchup against us. Um, mm. Evidence by last week's one half of football. <laughs> um. What oh, else yeah. you got for me? Does no, it- that, that that just does it, boys. The only other one is I'd get your thoughts on last week was the first one that Jake rolled out, the Dublay Dallas back situation. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, does he do it again is the question. He's currently got them both in there. He's dr- They've drawn Philly, a little bit of a tougher matchup. Tough, tough. Um, look, have a listen to him. <laughs> it's a little bit of a tougher matchup. Um, what I will... Stress though is I've done some homework. I know you love a stat, Keeney. So here's a stat: Zeke. He is only playing half the percentages uh, snap share this year. So it's much lower than what we're used to seeing, which has seen a little dip in his scores. But he's still very productive. But he loves the Eagles. Over seven seasons, eleven games. He's missed a few against them, but eleven games. What do you think he's averaging, boys? Fantasy don't points. Um, <laughs> you don't care. I think you will. I'll say averaging 13. 13 against the division rival? Yep. Ah, you, you, it's a modest, modest answer. I wouldn't Ooh. be putting it here if it's a 13. 15. 18 and a half. He, he is very effective against the Eagles. He's had some absolutely huge games. So it will be interesting if he does roll this, uh, roll this out again, but... Just looking across the board, he's uh, he's got it's the deepest roster we have in in this league, I think. Mm. Um, so, like you said, it's it's almost like a double edged sword. You sort of you want the options, but then you don't because it's it's a difficult selection night uh, for the legal team. That's for sure. But bottom line, what you're saying is he couldn't possibly start both of them. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, say so, no. I'm hearing the opposite. He couldn't possibly. Oh. He couldn't possibly not start both of them because the okay. last their last five six week or oh, five weeks because he missed week ten, you could have comfortably started both of those running backs in your lineup and scored very well. So uh, yeah, there's no way you're benching Pollard and on those stats, Hod. There's no way you're benching Zeke, but clearly plenty of uh, plenty of decisions to make there mm. for old Jaggy boy. Heaps. All right, we're Merry moving Christmas. on to the the lottery seeds now, Hod. Oh, that'll be questions? the that'll be the last one, boys. I'm I'm bloody cactus after that segment. I'll let you uh swing swing to this. Well, you're actually this, in, this is the time you're yeah. involved, mate. <laughs> Don't yeah, switch but you off. you can run you can run it. I'm saying. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll just introduce it and then throw to Keeney here. But we've got our lottery seedings now that the official 
bottom six was locked in after the season was done. We know people holding other people's picks. So, Keeney, run us through who holds the picks and then what collective probability for pick one they hold. Yeah, well, I'll run, I'll run you through it. But first of all, boys, isn't it interesting? Thais just missed out on play, playoffs, put up a 150 this week, which would have been the highest score in the league, which would have advanced him to the top four. And guess who he would have played? He would have played me again, would have been in the fetal position for a good 48 hours, coming up against old balls Braxton again. <laughs> uh, no JT this time. Eckler last year. Let's move it on. All right, the lottery. Here we go. So Hod. Hod, you got the uh, the pick one in the lottery. Are you excited? First, I'll just cross to you here. Are you very excited? There's a very nice running back, I believe, that might be going in the 101 discussion. Now, you haven't locked into the pick yet, but uh, having that 101 in the lottery must be really exciting. I just uh, Before I get to that, I just love, love that you are so over your fantasy uh, playoff campaign last year. Oh, <laughs> he was... Yeah. He was Rattling off some COVID situations he, before. Let me tell you, audience. He's the but, only person who remembers the last player that missed COVID-related NFL games. Who was it, I love, he just could not help himself. He had to bring up that <laughs> Thais has royally fucked this year up, is what yep. I translated. But lottery seedings, yes. I've jumped into number one. Um, just beautifully executed over number 16. Um, he just couldn't get near it. And... But he, he does hold the number two pick. But the odds here, if my math served me correct, that means I have with, I think collectively with pick four, which I have the DFFs, that gives me a 50% chance double Papa and pretty closely Matt, who holds every other pick, three, five, and six. Yeah, that's right. And I did a terrible job uh, introducing this segment. So, Hod, you've got the <laughs> pick, pick one, Papa pick two, Thais holding Scoot's pick at three. Hod holding the DFF's pick at four, Thais holding Tim's pick at five, and Thais holding his own pick at six. So uh, Thais has pick three, five, and six. Hod, you've got pick one and four, and Papa's got pick two. So all up, as you said, Hod, 50, 50 to 51% chance to get the number one pick. Papa with 25%, Thais with 24%. So only three teams in it in the lottery this year, but uh, nice little even split there, really. I'm, I'm just going to jump in because I think it's unfair that not only have we been able to talk unopposed about our matchups, but then you've gone and shit can Thais uh, about, you know, not really making the right choices this year. So let's quickly get him on the phone and just get what his thoughts are. I'll just give him a quick call here. So just hold on, bear with me. Give him a quick ring. This is live. Is yeah, it gonna... yeah. Here we go. Hold on. All right, Thais, welcome to the pod. You're on live. I've just got to let you know that Keeney's been shit-canning your team, saying you've made the wrong choices. So what have you got to say? Well, I won a ring last year, so like, kind of whatevs. There we go. See you, mate. Cheers for that. Uh, I didn't think Thais was in the office today, but that sounds awfully under the influence. He must be out. There wasn't a lot of music in the background, but he is definitely under the influence or weather. I don't know. He's just hanging out in his study, just staring at his ring. Uh, was that, was that all he drinks. offered? Was that all he offered? He didn't want to chat a bit more. Well, to be honest, we know what he's like. I just I hung up on him before he had a chance to really chew our ears <laughs> off. Every chance he is mowing the lawn under the stars tonight. <laughs> <laughs> in his apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. All right. Well, there you have it. Week one of the playoffs in the books for uh, EDL3. I don't know. We've got to come up with a name for like these playoff bowls. What do we call it? The Dynasty Bowl 3? We'll come up with something snazzy. We'll make some T-shirts out of it. Uh, And for anyone interested, you can put in some purchases for Division Champion T-shirts. They'll be available soon. So anyone who wants to jump on like the Sunny Weaver Division Champs 2022 t-shirts put your orders in they're flying like hotcakes Keeney which you don't have to eat this week <laughs> or in the next couple the, of weeks don't you dare mention pancakes to me ever again you, uh, how are you feeling going into uh, our first week of playoffs mate uh, yeah it's uh, you know a, a bit of a coin flip so you just hope you, you land on the right side and can get to the final this year. Missed out last year, so it'd be nice to at least get to the final. So we'll see what happens. Um, may the best team win. How are you feeling, mate? Uh, yeah, similar thing. You you put yourself in a position to be in a good spot to get in, and you just got to hope that everything falls the way that it should. Um, but yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to the eight people listening who have nothing on the line this week. So cheers for uh, if you have bothered to tune in. Maybe you're just bored because you're on holidays early for Christmas and you've got nothing better to do. But uh, if you have managed to listen this far, when 50% of the people playing this week are talking right now, uh, well done. I'll be tuning in, boys. Don't you worry about that. And I will commend you both. It's not easy to finish the number two seed, let alone the number one seed. So congrats to you two boys. But I tell you what it also isn't easy to do is knock off the number six seed. So, Benny... From the best division in all, all of the world sport, I wish you the best of luck, mate, because you will need it. But more importantly, boys, it's Netflix and Chill Night. And guess what's back? Season three, Emily in Paris. Treat yourself, <laughs> Menage a Trois podcast over and out. <laughs>